Does your brand or business want to reach thousands of mums in Australia or around the world? Well, the best way to let them know about what you have to offer is to jump into their ears right here with us on the podcast. That's right. We are an independent mum-run podcast. And if you think your brand would enrich the lives of our DLs, or you just want your business shouted from the rooftop, slide on into our inbox and let's talk about how you can partner with us to get your brand out there. Yes, come and join the potty fam. Email partnerships at we don't have time for this.com to talk turkey. <laughs> so I have a problem. Okay. Since getting Botox, mm-hmm. and you know I'm a full, full convert now. All in. My iPhone face ID doesn't recognize me anymore. No. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Fuck off. It's just stopped recognizing me. It needed the frown. Have I changed? Not to me. To me, you just look well slept. I feel a bit upset because I'm like, have I fallen down the rabbit hole where I no longer remember what I Babe, look like? Babe, you've had before? like three vials. You haven't fallen down a rabbit it hole. It feels like a lot. No, that the AI can't know you your frowny face. I know. Well, the lack of frown. Imagine if you got a facelift and your chins were gone and then it would all be fucked up. I just, yeah, I'm just really upset about it. I had to reset my face ID. Sorry, but what a great problem. (laughs) It's like, hey, iPhone, just letting you know, I'm now 22. (laughs) Please update accordingly. So good. I like that reframe. I'm going to roll with that. Thanks, Rebs. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Kate Reeves, also known as Rebs. Ziddy doo da Rebs ziddy day not going to sing the next bit. My, oh, my, what a wonderful day. Oh, people get mad. People switch off. We can't be having that. Sozzles slash not sorry. <laughs> we come with tunes, okay? We're we happy We come folk. with tunes. <laughs> so I'm going to dive straight in. Okay. The internet is divided on ear candles. Ear candles. And I don't know how I feel about it. Okay. For context. <laughs> I'm just going to be you. Hi, Peanut. Yeah. Jem got an ear candle done in Bali. I sure did. We've already been over this slightly. It's not like technically recommended or whatever, but you know, in Asia they do it and you can get it done at like massage places and yes. things. I want to do it. Yes. I'm and on board. I don't care how fucking it's like, whatever. No. But worse things in and on my body. Exactly. And when I get into something, mm-hmm. I'm like... I'm fucking sold and I need to tell the world really? everyone's has missing no idea. <laughs> but basically I posted about it on Instagram and then all these, I don't know what the technical term is, audiocologists. Audiocologists? No, I don't know. Oral earologists. Ear, ear, ear doctors. Let's go with ear doctors. Yep. We're like, this isn't good. Me, 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 me. And and we should probably listen to them, hey? Well, I don't know because... <laughs> feels like they might know just a touch more about it than us. For me, the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> the proof is in the earwax. When they unwrap that bad boy. Oof, satisfying. Yeah, mm. so satisfying. Okay. I know you're well, keen you're to Asian, try. so I feel like, I don't know. It's my jam. It's like, you know how you're like, I can eat sashimi pregnant because the Japanese women do it. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, great point. Yeah. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> but yeah, I want to try it. I really recommend it. Okay. Look, I'm part of the... Hashtag no doctor. Exactly. We're not doctors. <laughs> don't take our advice on this. Please read. Blah, 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 blah. May cause death. But I like Eastern medicine. Mm-hmm. And this sort of falls under that umbrella, that I feel. That sounds like a great frame up yeah. for just like, <laughs> I did it in Bali and yeah. therefore... <laughs> I like Eastern medicine, which is why I took mushies <laughs> in Thailand under a full moon. Like what happens in Bali does not need to stay in Bali. It needs to travel overseas and arrive in Australia and everyone needs to try ear candles. Okay. okay? So talk it up. No, I just... I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. I just feel like leave the ear candle lovers alone, internet. <laughs> Let us be. Okay. We're taking calculated risks. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. Do you know what I don't have time for? <laughs> People hating on your ear candles? <laughs> that. But also my mum this oh, week. Oh, mum. Well... Okay, I need to soften it a bit. I love you, mum. Preface it with all that stuff. We all love your mum. Okay. The internet loves your mum. She's the internet's mum. She is. And her Zumba classes really paying off. Loved her video. (laughs) Loved it. I think I've given her a little taste of something and now she's like, can we make more? I'm I'm like, with all the time I and you don't have because she's the most busy retired person I know. But I digress. Yes. Before you get into this. Yes. I cannot handle the boomer level of tech 
that she reposted the reel. Did she do a screenshot? Did she send it to herself via email and then put it on her? What had she done that she didn't just share the reel and it didn't look like? What had she boomed to make it look the way it looked on her Instagram? I don't know. Look, DLs, basically my mum somehow, I think it's a screen record. Oh, no. I could be wrong. But she's basically put a reel into a square frame. Somehow. And posted it. Not that they're ever in a square frame. It's like she had to try to add that terrible layer. (laughs) I know. Love you, mum. And she's quite tech savvy, but do you know what I'm proud of? She didn't ask me. She just went ahead and figured something out. That's the fucking best bit. She didn't ask you. 100p. I recently had to teach my mum control shift to select more than one email so she could delete her 500 emails from ABC News that she hadn't opened. Revs, this is not an understatement, but you are changing her life. (laughs) Imagine the minutes you're buying back for her by showing her. Imagine the minutes I wasted of my time. Helping her save minutes. Look. Love you, mum. Good (laughs) deeds. Go far. Okay? That's all I have to say about that. But back to the thing that's annoying me about my mum. Come on. For context again, I talked about this on Bestie Hotline, but my mum continues to comment on Iggy's hair. Now, anyone who doesn't know, Iggy is a two-year-old boy with long blonde hair. Yes. What would traditionally be known as girl hair. Are we going to say that? I don't know. I just have to frame it up. I know. I know. Yeah. I know we don't talk like that anymore, but you know. Yes. My mum every week has a day with the kids Mm -hmm. and every day of that week, I brace for her to walk in the door and comment on the fact that Iggy needs a haircut. Okay. She's done it consistently for a couple of months now. And honestly, I want to turn around some days and just go, oh my God, mum, you've never said that before. Like, that's a new one from you. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, maybe I will cut his hair. But I do the opposite. I, like, double down. Mm. And I go, you've just added another month of him with long hair. (laughs) So, funny story. Every Tuesday, Rafa has ballet. And my mum and my stepdad and Iggy, we all go together. It's a family affair. It's lovely. And you can watch the class through the windows. So, just picture me standing in front of the window with some of the other mums filming Rafa in her class. There's this awesome, lovely mum standing behind me with her little boy next to her. He's got a boy cut, in inverted commas. Yep. Lovely, short boy cut. And my mum looks down at the little boy and goes, Jem, look at his beautiful haircut like oh. this. And I looked at mum, knew exactly what she was doing. And yep. she had an audience. Yeah, and I yeah. just thought you know what? I'm going to blank you. So what did I do? I looked at my mum, said nothing and just kept filming Raph. Mm -hmm. That was that. Finally, the class ends and I go and collect Raph and this other mum who had the little boy went to collect her daughter too. And she came up to me and she goes, I'm a DL. And she's like, I just about died seeing that interaction between you and your mum because I I listened to Bestie Hotline and she said, and the way you blanked your mum, I just knew that this was an ongoing affair between you two. And she died and she was really lovely. Now, can I get real with you? Yes. You are the biggest saleswoman for direct conversations, yeah. for hard conversations, for confronting things, sitting down, being open, getting things out on the table. You always big proponent of that, right? Yep. You have that relationship with your mum? Yep. Direct? Yeah. So why is it all passag? Why can't you be like, mum, let's hash this out once and for all. I'll do what I want with my son's hair. I understand you don't like it. This is how it is. Back off. So everything you just said I should say, yeah. I have said to her. But right. now it's a fucked up game. Oh. It's like... And we know you English love a parlor game. (laughs) She sure does. But she arrives knowing that that's a button push for me. So it's almost like funny for her now to mention it. But I still can't see the humor in it. Yes, you've had a massive sense of humor yeah. failure. I'm like, cool. what is it scratching in you? It is a button push because it's pushing a button that's in you. So what is it getting to in you? I have crazy attachment to my kids' hair. Yeah, it's emotional for me. I don't know why. Yeah. Rafa's four and a half, still hasn't had a haircut. Iggy's two and a half, also has not had a haircut, and I'm just not emotionally ready. I don't yeah. know why. And now it's built up into a bigger thing because the hair became a thing thanks to my mum and my stepdad always commenting on it. And I don't know, I think it's that parental input Mm. where I just go, just because he's a boy, Mm -hmm. why does he have to have short hair? Like, Mm -hmm. I think if I zoom out in the parenting at large perspective, I'm like, no, I want him to have beautiful long hair just to go against the stereotype. Poor Iggs, he's a guinea pig experiment. Yeah. But it's true. Yeah. 
And then I just get annoyed by boomers that can't evolve with the times and they have a problem with... they See, they've never been like, you need to cut Rafa's hair. Mm. Okay, so that's the button that's pushing? Maybe, I don't know. Or is it that they're telling you what to do Maybe and you're like, it. I'll live my own life. I'll yeah. do what I want. I think you might have hit the nail on the head, Revs. Yeah. I've just reverted back to teenage ways where it's like, shut up. Don't yeah. talk about my kid like that. Yeah. It's my kid, not yours. Because it's not that, like, it's honestly not that subversive to have a kid in freshwater with long blonde hair. Like, Teddy is the outlier in his class. Mm. He is one of the only kids with a crew cut. Is it a crew cut? Page boy know. cut. Whatever he's got. His little, like, short back and sides. And honestly, I love the long hair thing. And in Manly, where I live, it's like you can't swing a fucking surfboard without hitting a boy with long hair. It's true. So it's not subversive in any way. It's not different. It's actually Teddy is different. But yeah, I can imagine my dad being like, cut his fucking hair. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, shut up. Shut up, dad. Okay, I have a confession. His hair is becoming laborious. Right. Yeah, it's becoming work. Wait, 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 wait. I know. I see what's happening here. So you're like, maybe we should cut his fucking hair. But then you lose. Yes. Then your mum yes, wins. Yes, exactly. Oh, no. So I who know. wins out? It's your fun- day-to-day not detangling or the ease of having a nice short cut. Look, it's a real conundrum. Mm. I'm not going to lie because now I have a point to prove. Now I want it grown all the way down to his ass crack <laughs> just to prove my parents. Like, you can't tell me what to do. But then oh, the upkeep, yeah. the shampooing, the conditioning, the detangling spray. Having it short hair. On it's, a kid. It's a dream, right? Absolute dream. Game. T- I wish Isla wanted her hair short. Oh, really? Oh, I wish. I mean, I love how it looks, blah, blah, blah. Aesthetically, it's gorgeous. But whatever. I just let my kids have what they want in terms of their physical expression. Teddy wants short hair. He wants a mohawk. I've told mm. him he can have it in the summer holidays. Hey, that is better than a moulet. Oh. Can we talk about mullets? God. Neither of them have wanted mullets because there are lots of kids at school with mullets. What? At his school age? Lots. No. Lots. No. Yeah. I I've seen a lot of dirty teenagers rolling around well, the northern beaches. They all have beaches. older brothers or sisters or whatever. Okay. And also my stepbrother pushed so hard for Ted to get a mullet through COVID when he Tell had Tell me hit. he doesn't have a no, mullet. No, but Teddy didn't want it. So I was like, it's up to Teddy. Okay. It's totally up to Teddy because I don't fucking care. Like, I dyed his hair pink in lockdown. It was fun. Like, no, but I, pink is fun and cool. Like, a mullet? I just think hair is one of the most fun expressions you can have as a person. I don't care what they want to do with it. They can have whatever they want. But i got to say... Practical day to day on Teddy, especially who like getting his fucking shoes on is a trial. Brushing his teeth is a trial. If I had to detangle him as well, I'd be like shaving it off. Yeah. 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 I get it. Look, the way I roll with Iggy's hair is I do a man bun. Yeah. And Which then is so cute. it is cute. And the, the hair continues to knot and get matted it's as why the he day looks goes like on. You because you have a man bun. No, he's my twin. It's a mum bun and a man bun. I love it. Because Rafa won't have a bun because she goes, yeah. I don't want a bun like you, mum. Yeah, I don't like, she's, like you, mum. She's actually so cool. said that to me. I was really hurt. Yeah. We're not cool, babe. No, I know. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah. Truth. Don't worry. Isla is back to wanting to be like me. She had a moment, but she is back to like, how can she be like me? So there's hope for me yet. There's hope. Yesterday she made a full on book with illustrations about all her favorite moments with me in the last week. Oh my God. Like girlfriend, get some chill, you know? I reckon you could talk your way around Isla to a short do. I could, but also I'm just really, really comfortable in letting them come to me with that stuff. I don't care anymore. I used to. Do you remember my Instagram when I had little toddlers? Yeah. They were... French come Swedish fucking beachside Nordic Nordic dreamboats, you know, every fucking beautiful photo. They were almost matching in their deliciousness, right? So I've been where you are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't care anymore. I honestly don't care. I'm so, I've done it. I'm through it. I'm out the other side. I'm very happy for them to express themselves in whatever aesthetic they're into. And it's actually a huge wait to let go of to just kick that over to them but you say that like it's effortful to let it go yeah it's a mindset shift yeah because it used to feel to me like an extension of me and Mm. my personal style Mm. how my kids looked it absolutely does not feel like that anymore because now they're very much their own people yeah and i can run my style and they can run theirs and you know i hope they have fucking taste but also who fucking cares Like, honestly, who fucking cares? Do you know what? Their version of taste is their taste, right? And they'll be like, mum, you don't have taste. Oh, totally. But I guts the taste. Totally. The thing I'm happy about is I have brought them up already to compliment me on what I look like because they know it makes me happy. So I put an outfit on and they both go, mummy, you look beautiful. And I'm just stoked with that. You've got inbuilt cheerleaders at home. Everybody needs that. Everyone needs some sidekicks to pump you up before you leave the house. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. 
so happy about that. So what are you going to do? I feel like you're going to cut the hair. <sighs> I don't know. Do you know what? Take your power back. What do you mean? You've given the power away to your parents. What? You think I should cut their hair and own that as power? Yes. You kind of want to cut Iggy's hair, but you're like, no, I'm going to dig in and win now. Look, it was a small thought when I was wrestling with the knots one day and he was screaming and I was like, this is too fucking hard. But (laughs) as I was going to say before, with the man bun... Sometimes I leave it in crazy dreadlocks for like weeks, okay. but I just like whoosh it, whoosh it. That's not a word. <laughs> That's sure it is. Whip it up into a man bun with all the knots and all. And then after about, I don't know, a month, say, I'll take the time to detangle it. Crazy idea. Yeah. Let him be the first two-year-old ever with dreads. <laughs> Oh, God, it would be so easily done. His hair is so fine. Yeah, and then if he gets nits, he just snip them off. Honestly, (laughs) a little gust of breeze comes by and his hair's, like, spun in around itself and created a dready. Yes, they have very fine hair. Yeah, just lots of it. Yeah, is that your hair or how's it? Yeah, it's mine. It's a real shame. I do, and I'm half Asian. I didn't get the beautiful, thick, dead straight Asian hair that doesn't frizz. But how have you come so far without a brush? It can't be that fine. I do have a brush. I just... (laughs) Brush it like you know once a week. Once a week, yeah. If I didn't brush my hair twice a day, I'd have dreadlocks. Wait, twice a day? Yeah, I have such fine hair. When do you brush? In the morning and then before I go to bed. Like after you've washed your hair, or even when your hair's not washed, you doesn't give it a matter brush. what my wash cycle is. I have to brush my hair twice a day, or I will have dreads, at, particularly at the nape of my neck. Living in the UK was a fucking disaster because if oh, I had the scarf, scarves, scarves and beanies, scarves and beanies, Nightmare. I'd get a frollet and a mullet yeah. of dreads. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> from like rubbing against all my layers yeah yeah it's a problem it's a problem mm. not a real problem but it's a problem, yeah, a problem. <laughs> yeah this podcast is definitely not trivial with trivial problems when not. we act like they are worldly problems if you were to cut iggy's hair what would you do would you go clippers would you go crew cut would i can't you even entertain it Rose. i can't entertain it a little mossman bob no, i'm not ready to picture him with short hair Lord farquaad little no. fringe farquaad <laughs> bit of a draco malfoy which celebrity child would be your style icon i love his huckleberry finn messy locks at the moment huckleberry but... finn had a fucking short back and sides did he yes no in my head huck has got like yeah in, in, your, he- in your head huckleberry finn lives on the rocks at freshwater yep. and like gets his coffee from cruise yeah huckleberry Finn was in the like 30s. He had a very neat page boy haircut. Hate the page boy haircut. Bowl cut. I don't know what I do. Maybe like short back and sides, but quite long on top. Yeah, that's what Ted gets. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I it's annoying. I've got to keep it up. I'm not ready, Revs. Okay. I'm not ready. All right. Haven't even visualized it. Don't want to because I know <laughs> that my baby is going to suddenly look six years old with a haircut. Yeah, it does age them up pretty instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Although you think it at the time, you look back. I look back on photos of Teddy as a two year old with his haircut and he looks like a little tiny baby he doesn't look older but now and he took so long to sprout hair oh my god he went a year before he even got kiwi fuzz i know it was so cute cute. we didn't even know what color his hair was gonna be like a bubba for so long little tater tot i reckon i have reached the point where my mum doesn't even have an opinion on how i parent anymore and i've thought about wait is it that she doesn't have an opinion or that she doesn't comment no, I think we've just moved into a new phase where I hope to think she's like, she's got this. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a good place to be in. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if I fuck up in <laughs> imagine, some major way. Imagine if she's listening to this episode and she's, she's like, like oh, okay, God. you have no idea how often I bite my tongue every is, single time. It is just so bad I've given up. <laughs> it could be that. But I just realized within this conversation that I haven't had anything like that mm. where my mum's been like, oh, I really feel you should do it this way for a very long time. Well, this is the disappointment pointing thing because you know my mum she's cool mum she's cool she's got amazing sense of self-awareness but it's just this one snagging point in our relationship is my children's fucking hair Mm. and I know it seems silly look at me the buttons are pushed yeah that's why I'm saying it's not actually about the hair no it is it's about being told what to do maybe that's the problem it's about being told what to do yes and I do wonder if you've got something internalised that's like Iggy should have his hair cut no I know that's true. Yeah. I feel like this is where the anti-vaxxers roll from. What do you mean? From this space of don't fucking tell me what to do, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. The The government's just a big parent. Yeah. Yeah. Telling you what to do with your kid. I mean, we do live in a nanny state Mm -hmm. and there is a force of resistance that's growing where we're like, come on. Yeah. Kids need to learn risk and not be wrapped in cotton wool. Mm. That's the society we live in. It's like the fucking ear candles. (laughs) You know, Eastern culture. Wait, wait, wait. Are you taking this moment to announce your anti-vax status? No. 
<laughs> Fuck no. Yeah. But I, it just fascinates me, the psychology behind it. Mm. Because if you look at facts and science and data, yep. kids should have their hair cut. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll think about it. And what about Raffi? Any plans to cut that? Oh, she can have an underground trim. hair. Yes. Who cares? Who fucking cares? I don't know why I'm being precious about it because I'm the first to say, hair is hair. You cut it, it grows back. Yeah. You know where I should have listened to my mum? When? She was very gently and very respectfully pushing me to sleep train Isla. Was she? I don't recall this. Yeah, well, I was very sensitive about Isla's Mm. lack of sleep and very uninformed and very lost and in the woods and all the things. I actually can't even put myself back in the headspace I was in because I'm such a different person now. And having done the sleep training with Teddy, thanks to the good mum, I'm like, would just do it so differently. But I even remember the good mum saying to me when I finally started to put some sleep boundaries around Isla, would you do it differently if you did it again? And my instant defensive response was, no, no, I wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. She's just, it's just my kid. But, you know, like I was so defensive. But deep down you knew. Deep down, I probably was like, yeah, I could have done it better. Yeah. Could have done it better. Because you don't want to admit. You don't want to admit. Yeah. And my mum was like, honey, she has to learn to sleep at some point. You can't be doing this forever. When is breaking point? Yeah. You can't nurse her to sleep forever. When are you going to let her work it out? And I was like, mum, fuck, mum, fuck off. You know, like yeah. just that really defensive you don't know what it's like. Like, of course she knows what it's like. She had two kids. Of course. Um, we forget very quickly. We forget. And and my mum is quick to tell me how quickly I forget that she too was a parent of young children once. And I don't for a second pretend I won't do it to my kids. <laughs> That's so true. Do you know what I mean? We would totally advocate for sleep I'm gonna training. I'm going to turn up to my kid's house yes. and Teddy's daughter's going to have, a I don't know, fucking ears pierced and I'm going to have all sorts of opinions about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. On the sleep, my mum was the ultimate enabler because here I was, like, the good mum is the guru of parenting, right, in both of our eyes. So she was very pro-sleep training, so I was like, well, it works for her, I'm going to give it a go. But then in my other ear, I had my mum... God, I'm really shitting on mum this app. Mum, I love you. You need to send her flowers or something. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the content. (laughs) But on the other end, mum was in my ear going, you know, I co-slept with both you and your brother and I loved it. And I was like, mum, I understand you raised us in Thailand. Look, we're really getting into East meets West episode accidentally today. And that's what they do in Thailand and that's what they're comfortable with. But to me, sleep is everything. So no, I'm going to sleep train my babies. And mum was like, I don't understand why. You know, you know, when you just, but deep down, I didn't have the thing where you had, where I was like, maybe I should just give in to, well, that you're aware of. Yeah. That you're no, 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 Revs. You know me. I have very, very firm boundaries. With and this sleep. isn't to shame any mum that co-sleeps with their kids. I've got lots of friends who do it. Heck, if you're a fan of my mum, like Rev says everyone is, like she was a co-sleeper too. So, you know, that's her jam. We are all about you do you on this podcast. Yes. And just a reminder, Jem doesn't even sleep with her husband. Yes. So she's not going to have a kid in there, is she? Dude, I sleep with no one. No it one. is my sanctuary, my bed, my sacred space. I like to watch my laptop and fall asleep to some stupid show. She sleeps with her tech, okay? Everyone else fuck off. Yeah, it's my sleep aid. <laughs> Look, if kids are allowed sound machines and fucking comfort my comforter is my laptop and family guy i think our not to get all deep here but i think our mother relationships are very personal and very different and nothing awakens the wounds Mm. like becoming a mother yourself if i can make an observation from the outside absolutely you and your mom are vastly different people are we oh my god i know you are similar in a few ways you both love tennis you both love board games you're both pretty much english yeah pretty much english (laughs) in personality you both love a good time all that kind of thing but you're actually inherently very different Mm. very very different i like those differences because none of them come to mind i'm curious superficial shit like your mom is a fitness junkie like she just loves those endorphins always chasing that high right you are like i don't want to get up out of this chair don't make me yeah i'm lazy as fuck yeah she is a very lackadaisical easygoing go with the flow type Mm -hmm. person i know you like that and you can be in that mode but you're not you're more like i like things this way i want it this way control yes i like structure yes you're very different there yeah she's incredibly spontaneous oh god yeah you're not spontaneous no i was i've lost spontaneity i've known you Your whole fucking life. Tell me when you were spontaneous. I would say I'm spontaneous. 
I'm circumstantial spontaneous. So when I went traveling for six months. <laughs> That's just such a funny sentence. <laughs> no, no, no. Within the right structure at the right time, if all the stars align, I'm spontaneous. <laughs> I mean, when I went backpacking through Central South America for six months, I didn't have a hotel booked. You know, someone would go, hey. The we amount of times we've heard, hey, 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 hey. When I went backpacking through Central South America for six months, everything was great. <laughs> It was the best time of my life. And I'm worried that that's when I peak. It's become your whole personality. Hubs and it's I talk one about six it. six month period no, of time. We still talk about the travel days. It's crazy. And we think we can recapture that yeah, life. Yeah. No, no, that's after gone. kids. No, I think it's gone. I think retirement. I, dude, you'll go and do the Camino Trail Rex. together and you'll talk about that for another 20 years. I know you don't like this term. We're in a state of decay. Stop it. No, we are. Fucking stop no, it. No, we're in a state of decay. No, context. Context. Guys, context. I'm going to give some context. The good mum has now, for a couple of months, been selling this fucking narrative that we're all in a state of decay and I can't accept it. I fully accept it. I cannot accept it. I need to be in my peak of my life right now. Revs, we get Botox to pause the decay. You're not getting Botox to like accelerate the rise of heading towards the peak. Hey, fuck off. No, I'm sorry. I don't accept it. I accept la, it. La, la. Part of being in our 30s is acceptance. No. You know what? Come 40s, you're going to be all over it. You're going to own that decay. Own the decay. Decay is it's so such extreme. A, it's like decomposing. Why can't it, why can't it be like swan song? No, <laughs> it's about to die. <laughs> My God. Step down, married bitches. Give me some hope that my best years are ahead of me. I can't handle this. Anyway, back to your six months in Central South America well, now- when you were wildly spontaneous for only six months of your whole life. I feel shamed. Now I'm embarrassed to talk about it. You know what you've done now, Revs? You've set a precedent now where I can never bring up my Central South America. <laughs> no, please do. No. We just need an acronym for it. <laughs> Look, <laughs> okay, you want to get all fucking woo-woo? Sure. You love your star signs. Love it. bring it on. I'm partial to a star sign. You are a Sag. The definition of a Sag is spontaneous. Oh, no. It's like... What's the... your rising sign? I fucking don't know. What do you mean? I'm we a basic to... bitch with star signs. You need to know your rising. I'll work it out. Continue. And I want to lean into that character trait because it sounds cool, okay? Maybe spontaneous isn't the right word, but I'm adventurous. Would you not agree? You are adventurous. I have lived in several cities over yes. my life. Yes. I can pick up and go. I'm very open to Define change. pick up and go. Like when I was an actor, mm-hmm. not that long ago, actually, 18 months ago, I auditioned for NCIS Hawaii and I got a recall on that role and the role was like perfect for me. It was like a young cop with two kids and she was Eurasian. Like I was like... It was yours. I can play this role. Anyway, I didn't get it, but... Had I got that role, I would have had to move to Hawaii for six months of the year to film. No part of me was like, oh, change. Yeah. I would have just done it. Yeah. That side of things is where I can just pick things up and go, let's go on this adventure. Is adventurous different to spontaneity? Probably. Yes. And also adapting to change is a whole other thing again. I think you trained your brain when you were studying and working towards being an actor to know that was going to be a nomadic life. Mm. So I think you did the work on that young and set that up as an expectation for your life. I've just never been scared of change. No, Like I moved to Perth to study acting at WAPA for three years. No part of me was like, nervous about moving to a city where I know no one and have no idea how that city runs I just did it that's almost your normal because you did it as a child that's true that's actually your normal Mm. you might be more scared of staying in one place forever like if I was like you're gonna live in this house for the day you're fucking 102 and you're gonna die in this bed how would that feel it makes me uncomfortable there you go just real quick what time were you born I think I was a dinner time baby, 6.30 or something. Okay, we'll put that in. Just while you're working out my rising moon. <laughs> rising sign. Okay, rising sign. Yeah, I'll also work out your moon. Do you know what I'm allergic to? Oh. The concept of a forever home. Oh. I just don't this, find... This is not in the episode plan. <laughs> 
Wait, has any... When did we plan to talk about any of this shit, Revs? True. You know when people go, follow my forever home build, I'm like, bullshit. Hang on, just real quick. Bangkok? You're born in Bangkok. Yes. I love the idea of a forever home. Not yet, though. I want to have, like, three more homes before I'm in my forever home. You know how often I've moved in the last six years. I mean, I've heard you call two homes your forever home. No, but I, I but you sh- are in a state of decay, so it's pretty pretty important you hop on that. Look, I share it in an ironic way, the term forever home, knowing that it's BS. Which sign do you get along with? Choose three. Apparently Aries. I'm a cancer, just putting it out there. I th- Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, this is what I've read. See how I was like, Sagittarians are spontaneous. Which I'm, science- I'm trying to recall. We'll stop trying what, to recall. What, be Goog- spontaneous. what Google told me. <laughs> yeah, let's say Cancerans. Okay, and Cap, because that's. No, Aquarians. Moment. Aquarians. Yep. I don't. You don't get on with Aquarians? Not really. Yeah, right. Why? I don't know. They're too rigid for me. All right. Aquarians go with the flow. That's Love why you, Aquarians. My brother's an Aquarian. Oh, but I really get along with your brother. I know. I'm just thinking about a guy I dated earlier in the year and he was an Aquarius. Oh, okay. Capricorn? My ex-husband was an Aquarius and that's a slip. Oh. <laughs> okay. How often do you think you're misunderstood? Are we doing an Enneagram Rarely. test? Like, Rarely. what is going on? Are you answering these on my behalf? Yeah, because I Guys, know Rebs is just going ahead. Consult me. She's just clicking things, guys. I don't like this. <laughs> Hello? Do I exist? <laughs> no. She's just tapping away, defining me as a person, <laughs> putting me in a fucking box. Okay. Question. Hmm. What's your rising sign? I always get my rising and my moon wrong. Wait, there's a moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta know what your moon is. Wait, is a moon... What your moon was in when you were born. Your zodiac is where the sun was when you were born. Okay, so I'm a Sagittarian because where the sun was. The sun so was could I be like? Could I be like a Capricorn moon? Absolutely. So I am a rising a, So I'm a Gemini moon. And I am uh, Pisces rising. What the fuck does any of this mean? It's really helpful when you cobble it all together to get a sense of what's going on for you at any one time. Okay. Really? I'm into it. Think about this. We bleed with the moon cycles, right? Yeah. Animals act differently with the moon cycles. The tides are affected by the moon. Okay. Soil, all those things, like things we scientifically know are affected by moon cycles and where the planets are, right? Why wouldn't we, 80% water be affected by those things okay hear me out yeah i agree about the power of the moon Mm -hmm. but someone has just made up the zodiacs in the same way someone made up the bible you know what i mean in the same way that the indigenous people made up the rainbow serpent but doesn't mean it doesn't have application to our everyday human existence i understand when greater things like the rainbow serpent and storytelling is applicable to stories about how people came to be and all that kind of stuff where I struggle with zodiacs, and trust me, I love love a zodiac love the way lots of people love Facebook because we're all obsessed with ourselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just taps into the ego. That's what I find funny about zodiacs because people are like, "What's mine?" No one cares yeah, yeah, about yeah. what someone else's zodiac. So unless they're dating someone, they're like, "Read that one." Yeah, read, read that person exactly. <laughs> so I feel like it just feeds into the ego. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. My skepticism of zodiacs is the linkage to birthdays because I know that's what it means no I understand that but I just I know your thing is like you know someone born on the same day as you and you couldn't be more different yeah it's actually not about personality it's about how you're affected by the natural world okay I've said this before and I'll say this again I am for people loving their zodiacs and following it religiously yeah but like anything it's funny I use the term religiously I still think it just comes back to people searching for something to ground themselves to and I don't have anything against that of course and the thing is is I look at this so objectively because I have been in a place of being totally confused Mm -hmm. in my life like at a crossroads very rudderless couldn't see my future it was all a bit hazy and I'm someone who likes to know and see the direction I'm going in and I think when you're in that state of life these things can be incredibly comforting and incredibly grounding I guess what I'm trying to say in a really, really roundabout way is that I must be in a season of life of contentment. Yes, you because must be. I don't search for that stuff, the which t- is great for you. It's, well, sorry, I don't mean to say it like <laughs> "well done, Gem." It's like acknowledging when you don't have an ulcer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's something that we don't do. We're only aware when it's like, "Oh, I've got a bloody ulcer in my mouth." We never acknowledge when it's like, "Hey, I'm ulcer free. Hey, I'm fully healthy today." Fu- exactly. We never <laughs> yeah. acknowledge that. But that's also part of the human condition. Absolutely. And that's what a gratitude practice, which is the sort of the like 
like goes hand in hand with astrology or spirituality. But I've found more value for me in the stage of life that I'm in currently in gratitude practices, in being grateful for what I have, taking Mm -hmm. stock of what I have to be grateful for as opposed to searching Mm -hmm. for the shit. But at this moment, zodiacs, I don't find grounding or comforting. But you don't have to have one or the other. You can have both. You know what I mean? You can have both. Kingdom of Thailand. But my dabbling of zodiacs is more like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I know people, I've got a girlfriend in Thailand who it defines her day. Oh my God. You are a cancer rising. Am I? And I'm a cancer. What does that mean? I'll tell you. See, you say that like no, but the it makes huge it... significance of it. Well, it just means... I just feel like we can find meaning in any astrological thing that's thrown our way. And it's applicable to anyone. Like I could literally switch up people's zodiacs okay. and give them the bullshit one. So and we find meaning. I guess I'm just but trying. Same with psychology. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Like you can be in a tricky situation, and psychology gives you a frame of reference, yeah. tools, and like something to tether to when you feel overwhelmed or out of control. Right? Totally. It gives you a framework to be like, well, humans do this because X, Y, Z, and then you go, oh, now I understand myself a little bit better. It's kind of the the same to be like oh my god this has been happening and i I get it you don't need it when you're content but it doesn't mean it's bullshit but it's the tailoring to your zodiac that i'm like i could literally read your zodiac for a cancerin and find it applicable to my life i could read anyone's zodiac disagree no, I don't. It depends on Apple. It depends how into it you are. It's like anything. It's like I could read any page from the Bible and call it bullshit because that's how I feel about it and that's my take on it. But if I was into it and actually researching it or it was part of my life and it was part of my faith, I would get more from it. That's just the human experience, I think. I find it very interesting when there is global energy going on, which we've had a lot in the last few years to understand it. My favorite person to follow on Instagram at the moment is a guy who his handle is Queer Cosmos. And his whole thing is he combines astrology, psychology, and theology. So he's like, Socrates said this, Esther Perel said this, the moon is in cancer. And I just, I don't know, I find it such a fascinating, deeply human study of what it means to be alive. And I am into it. Great. How do we get on to that? I don't know. But you still haven't told me what my, not my rising moon, but my other thing. I will do your chart on CoStar and okay. we'll work out what all your things are. Obviously, you won't be dipping in and getting much from it. But look, I'm happy to be a tourist in this tourist. world. It's fun. And observe at, it. At the lowest point, it's fun. At the top point, it helps you through your week. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. there's literally no downside to it. Yeah. Anyway, do you know what I don't have time for? (laughs) What don't you have time for? So before I start, Mm. not trying to say I've invented this concept. This has been around since all the Gen Xs went full-time careers and were mums. You know, this is just something we're arriving at now, right? There's many TikToks with this theme. There's many memes all about the like, can we have it all theme, right? But it's the contradictions in what we expect from women. I was about to say, and mothers, all expectations. All expectation. And the expectations we put on ourselves and what society expects of us. It's internalized. It's amongst our friendship groups. It's in our family dynamics. It's in our relationships. It's in our relationships with everyone at work, with our colleagues, with our bosses, with the government, with fucking society at large, right? Like it's just these constant strains and I've kind of tried to look at a few different sources and I've made my own list of these contradictions right as applicable to me but kind of coming from everyone so chase your career but family comes first work like you have no children parent like you don't have a job age gracefully or be natural but don't Don't let let yourself go or lose yourself that's almost the new worst one is to lose yourself who are you Claim the powerful space that men have always occupied, but stay likable. Don't stay in the wrong relationship, but don't break up your family. Be sex positive, but don't be thirsty. Practice self-love, but don't love yourself too much. Fill your cup, but don't be selfish. That's one of the hardest ones. Love your body, but don't ask for too much attention. Kids need a happy mum, but kids come first. Slow down. But don't miss this age that your kids are at right now. (laughs) Need I go on? So relatable. Need I go on? It's just like every aspect of being a mum slash woman has a tension in it. And I'm exhausted by it because when I lean into one area, like, okay, I'm really going to fucking get a schedule of self-care going. Then you're selfish. 
you know? Mm. And like, you always hear the word prioritize. Prioritize this. We've always said on this potty and we go over this so many times, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once, right? And that seems to be, everyone's kind of accepted Mm. that that is true. But I feel like the new word getting thrown around is prioritize because if you can't have it all at once you have to prioritize something right yeah but there's tension in what you prioritize well i was about to ask this how do you reconcile the contradictions you actually can't you can't the one that i find interesting is the self-care yeah and the selfishness because i really see a shift in that because mothers and women Mm -hmm. we put ourselves so far down Mm -hmm. the bottom of the to-do list or the bottom of the self-care list that when I see any women on Instagram exercising any form of self-care, I never see it as selfish. And no. I think that is shifting. Yeah. I and think- in fact, I have to encourage women to alleviate themselves of the guilt yeah. for taking time for themselves. Yes, because you can't pull from an empty you cup. Can't, exactly. And we've but all also accepted you those sound bites, but I feel like, okay, let's be practical about it. So it's like, yes, we all accept you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to prioritize your mental health. A happy mum is a good mum. All those things. We all accept them. No challenge. Yeah. But then, okay, it's Saturday morning. I want to go get a massage. I need to ask a favor from someone. It's your partner, your mum, get a babysitter, whatever. You have to, I'm at the age where I have to like kind of sell it to my kids that they're not going to have me for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's stuff going on there. Mm. Then it's going to cost $110, you know? Mm. And do I have that this month? And Oh, I should really check out my fine. Do, do you see where I'm going? Oh, it's exhausting. Everything is attention. And I, I'm just fucking done with it. Yeah. But I know the answer is I have to get good with it. Do you know what I mean? There's no tension if you're comfortable with it. Yeah. Because if I go, oh, no, that's what I need. And that's how I'm going to do it. Then you operate from a different space. Definitely. I always say it's only a problem if it's a problem. Yeah. It's like that mum who contacted me on Instagram when I was in Bali watching videos of my kids eat various things. And she was like my kid will only eat french fries in bali and i it's stressing me out and i was like so let the kid eat fries like it's only a problem if If it is a problem to you and i think the dance between the contradictions you have to lean into what you want to do and just let go of the counter i know but that's so hard it's a practice i feel like it's a practice and it's where all the work is yeah because i'm trying really hard with this like self-esteem self-love stuff at the moment because i have to Mm. because i'm in a chapter of my life where i absolutely have to but like it doesn't sit right yet do you know what i mean it's not comfortable it doesn't feel like i'm good in it yet and i feel like i'm constantly defensive or justifying or and there's this whole dance that goes with it that completely eradicates any positive work that i do in that area and i was thinking about it and i just can't think of one space in a woman's life that doesn't have attention and i'm just just thinking like do men mean doesn't have attention well, not attention ah uh, Tension. Attention. Attention. As in T E N S I N. No, I think you're right. I think I think of a man's life, and I think there are many areas where they don't have a tension between one thing or the other thing. Yes, and I do think that comes down to the very basic understanding of you know how women can multitask, how we can accomplish many things in one go. We can have our brain spread amongst ten different thought processes while we complete five tasks. Whereas the cliche is that men can't do that. So I think when it comes to the tensions between the two contradictions, they lean into one and really let go of the other. And probably a smarter way to operate. I was going to say, it's probably a smarter way of doing things. More high functioning. (laughs) But it means that you're not compromising the thing that you're leaning into in that moment. It's like going back to that thing of self-care and then feeling guilty about it and just riddling yourself with awful feelings of like, oh, this is really indulgent. I've taken a weekend with my friends and left the kids at home with the husband and the whole trip, you're just not enjoying yourself. I know I keep bringing up Bali, but it's so recent. It's like when people message me and go, but Gemma, were you worried about Bali belly? How did you stop your kids from drinking the water? Did you feel safe leaving your kids with the nannies? And what about having no car seats in taxis? I feel like saying to them, if this sounds stressful. Yeah, don't go to Bali. Don't do this trip. Don't go to Bali. Bali is not for you. Go to Byron. Yeah, go (laughs) somewhere. Like, I can already see the anxiety. Don't do it. Don't do it. Gemma Peanut on Instagram made it look so easy. But it's a personality thing. And that's why I think you have to make those choices to 
honestly confront your own feelings about something and if you're sitting in discomfort about something and it doesn't feel right then look at what the other counter is yeah you know and be like hey do i feel more comfortable in that if self-care riddles you with guilt then it's not self-care then it's not self-care so don't do that yeah maybe sit back in the guilt for a bit and then decide this is worse yeah. and then force the change. Yeah. But it all comes down to that internal work that we all have to do. Like we have to do it. We have to fucking do it. We have to be the generation that this kind of stops with. Do you know what I mean? It does. Like, I don't want Isla fucking in this place no. when she's got a family of her own. Like You know, Hubs and I went to Noosa for six days and I made a deal with myself and Hubs that we weren't going to spend six days talking about our children. Yeah. And it was hard yeah. because that's the common thing that we both love and care about and are obsessed with but we forced ourselves to talk about other things and we sure as fuck didn't waste a nanosecond on that trip feeling guilty yeah about leaving our kids with their grandparents i think you guys have a really good balance of like you've got literally a balance sheet of like personal time which I think a lot of people do not have. Oh, but Revs, I've worked yeah, I know so hard at this. I, I was not that long ago that person fucking on the census mm. who's a woman working full time and doing all the domestic chores and carrying the mental load of all the children's needs. Yeah. But I was fucking done. Yeah. So I implemented change. You have to get to your own breaking point mm. to incite that change. Yeah. And I did it. I sat down with my husband and I was like, look, we both want to work towards a happy marriage. Like relationships are fucked. They're so fucking hard because you've got your kids that you're dealing with and then you've got your marriage and your partnership and that takes a back seat. But then you're feeling unhappy about that. And the thing I feel most guilt about is my marriage more than my kids. My kids needs get met more than anyone else's, Mm. more than my husband's, Mm. more than mine and more than ours as in mine and my husband's combined and I'm constantly feeling bad that I'm not giving enough to him Mm. in our marriage and that's something that I'm trying to work towards at the moment but it's hard because something else has to lose out yeah right yeah that's what I mean the tension between those things I feel like in many ways this is also the human condition of course it is and it goes back to that age-old saying of the grass is always greener like That's why I say sit in the guilt and decide if this feels good or if Mm. you can be okay with it. Because one thing I don't like is when I am 100% guilty of this is when someone complains about their situation but won't give the change a go. Mm. They just sit and whinge about it. And Mm -hmm. I do that. I whinge about, I want to be fitter. I want to like exercise. Why don't I like exercise? I see people on Instagram. And there's been a huge change in you since you went, I don't like exercise. Hate it. Don't like it. I want to do Pilates. Oh, I like Pilates. Okay, cool. I'm going to do it whenever I can. I'm not going to force myself to do it. I'm going to go when I want. It's been mental gymnastics. Like I've been like, don't announce this on Instagram because then you'll feel pressure to commit. You don't need the internet as your accountability partner. Just start going and don't make it New Year's when you start. Start in November. You don't need that big turn the page New Year's resolution bullshit. Just do it. But like that's been years of fucking mental gymnastics getting to that point where I have to like trick myself Mm. and it's hard. Yeah. I don't know. I'm big on dipping your toe in the water and just giving something a go, trying it on for size, the fake it till you make it. Like even if you play the, I'm going to pretend to be someone who's really good at self-care. Like I can't even tell you how dumb I am at booking myself into appointments. Like I would never get Botox if it wasn't for Rebs being like, our appointment's booked, you just need to show up at this time because I have deep internalized guilt that I'm not working Mm. when I go to an Mm -hmm. appointment. Mm -hmm. I've been wanting to get laser hair removal since Rafa was born. Yeah. (laughs) That's four years ago. Rebs has been getting it done. And every time you come back from a session and you're like, I'm smooth as a dolphin, Mm -hmm. I go, oh, yes. I've got a friend who's got a direct recommendation for a laser clinic at Rohingya Mall. I should just book that in. Why don't I do it? Yeah. Because I don't, and I'm going to use that buzzword that you just mentioned, prioritize it. Yeah. I think for me, it's come up in a big bubble because I deprioritized like all of it for such a long time. Yeah. And then it's come to a head, right? And I don't have a partner to work things through with. So I, I am my partner. 
if I'm going to sit down and work out, but I have to do that with myself and it's hard, mm. you know, cause it's so easy for self-care revs to be like, you need this, you need that. And then for the other side of me, like the devil on my shoulder to be like, no, you can't afford that. Or you, when you're with the kids, you must be with your kid, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like I am my own partner now. And so we all know we're our own worst critic or our own shadow personality and not having someone to work on it with is a practice. I mean, I hope that means I'm going to tackle it head on. I was going to say harder, faster, all the things. Can like I it's give like you exposure a, therapy. Can but. I give you a positive to that? Sometimes with a partner, it's like pushing shit up a hill. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> like you're accountable to you. Yeah. And yes, you have the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Everyone does. Yeah. And then when you throw a partner in, it's not it's too, another it's, angel, it's another devil. It's not a game. Yeah. No, like, no, no, I know. I'm not, I, I don't mean it's easier or... But take that as a positive. Well, I don't mean it as positive or negative. Yeah. I'm trying to just like look at it and be like, how can I work to get really good? Like what practice can I commit to to get really comfortable with areas of my life that I'm uncomfortable in? Have you spoken to your therapist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm deep. I mean, I'm they... the deepest part of therapy at the what moment. What do they say? Well, you know, there's a lot to get, there's a lot to get through, yeah. but you know, at the moment I'm in a really confronting my own stuff yeah. place, which is great. It's a really hard and stretchy part of therapy, but it's like just before your breakthroughs kind of mm. thing. But it's a lot about like, where am I letting myself down? What do I need to confront in myself? Mm. It's hard, but it's like, we don't live in a bubble of just ourselves and our children. We live in a society. So we can't pretend it's all just what we want all the time. We do live in a community and other people's opinions and effect on your life is important. Well, this is what I find really interesting because sometimes I talk to like two people who have like an opposing relationship or maybe some friction in their relationship and they're seeking therapy out separately mm-hmm. but the therapist advocates for their client yeah, and then yeah, yeah. what happens when you have those two people come back together in their relationship but they're steadfast in the but this is me creating boundaries and this is me leaning into my needs and you know I find that really interesting because then that loses the compromise and the as you say that like we exist in a society Mm. not in our own bubbles and I find that fascinating because again that's a tension like 100% your own boundaries your own sense of self your own needs and working in a couple or in a family or in a relationship or in a workplace or whatever oh my gosh I mean it's exhausting I mean I'm just like I just feel everywhere I look in my life at the moment there is a tension like I almost can see it with color Mm. in every area of my life and I'm not at a point anymore where I will just accept tensions Mm. I want to work through get better and create space that's yeah. like my whole goal for the rest of my life is like make space for beautiful joy yeah not be, get stuck in tensions every day and every week because you, the weeks roll on the days roll on and you know it's fucking almost august mm. and i don't want that to just be the exponential growth of my life no, i want to totally. get to a point where i'm through things yes yeah i've got a beautiful girlfriend who basically her husband is the most unflappable man you've ever met and I literally say to myself what would Nick do and the answer is always let it go you know what I mean like just yeah Yeah. let it go actually that's a great way of looking at it I did something this week I had to write a really hard email really fucking hard right and I almost couldn't do it and I said to myself just play act for an hour pretend you're the person who could write this email what would they do yeah and I literally like cosplayed being a strong person with boundaries and self-respect and sat down and like was in a character to write this email and then I sent it and then I was like oh (laughs) do you know what I mean no I tried it I was like came back to my real self and was like oh my god I can't believe I did that I'm so proud of myself do you know what I mean yes I think that's amazing and do you know what lots of people do this in real life scenarios without realizing it yeah going for a job oh I'm so good at it professionally yes I'm really good not good at it personally no and in the workplace I can dress up and cosplay anyone Mm. I can cosplay a CEO and be the amazing in a meeting yes but to do that in my real life I find tricky Of course. Yeah. Because the thing about corporate or jobs, career, they can be chapter based, Mm -hmm. you know, unless you run a business where I think the investment is very different. But when you work for a business or you apply for a job and you do a job interview, that relationship, it's for a time and it might shift and you might pivot. But the real life relationships, like they matter more. Yeah. Ultimately, it's like the stakes are higher. 
The stakes are absolutely high. It's like mm. that saying that everyone says, you know, when you're on your deathbed, yeah. are you going to talk about how many KPIs you hit yeah, yeah, or are you yeah. going to talk about all the memories that yeah. you had with your loved ones? And ultimately, I mean, I read something recently on Instagram where I, I can't remember what it was. I'm doing that really annoying thing where I'm referencing something I can't remember. But the end of the day, it's the people who matter most yeah, in course, your life, and your is. loved ones. Oh, we are here to love. We are. That is all we're here for. Yes. Like all. Oh my god, this is getting so <laughs> so deep. But really, at the yeah. end of the day, we're here to love. Absolutely. But then you know, day to day, had to do lunch orders this morning because I forgot to buy bread. Fucking tension everywhere. Oh, tension. I get it. Oh, I haven't even dipped my toe into the conversation about my husband starting his new job and the adjustments I've been making. Oh my god. I'm saving that for another time because remember I talked about reframes. So I'm yep. trying to stay in this positive headspace about it all, even though I feel myself unraveling by the day. But that's okay. Can you fucking give me a not spawn because I need something to buy to get away from these deep feelings? Oh, mine's a non-purchase not spawn. Mine's- I'll go first. No, you go first. <laughs> Hit me with your not spawn. Wait, Kardashian skins? Look, they're Kim K's, yes, but they're fucking great. Look, one of my friends, and you might know her from Instagram, Jade Cotty, got me onto skims. They're fucking great. They're actually really good. I'm a big titty girl. (laughs) They hold you in. There's so many different styles. I'm not going to recommend a specific style. You know your body. Go on there. Have a look. The colors are amazing. The fabric's really good. I have heard that the first couple of rounds of skims when it was first launched didn't wash well. Oh. I've tested it. They wash well. I think they've like... Wait, adapted. did the stitching come undone? Or no, no, just like the fabric didn't color? hold up. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, um, that must have been round one because I'm on like iteration number 10 or whatever. I love my skims. Okay. I'm excited about this mm-hmm. because I'm in that weird space of being like, I don't want to support a Kardashian business. Oh, I get it. Thing. You know, like yeah. I don't follow any Kardashians. And it's not that I have a problem with them. I'm very much you do you, but I don't want to subscribe yeah. to that disgusting obsession with wealth you do you but it's disgusting it's, well, <laughs> i don't have to like it i'm not there you people. don't have to like it so i don't follow but, but you know who doesn't need our help fucking kardashian no they don't and I, like i've never bought a lip kit yeah, from yeah, yeah. kylie you never bought some of what's his name socks what's his name rob what's the brother? robert kardashian rob. i know too rob. much about them I know. for someone who refuses to know nothing I about know. them i know everything i know but skims yeah was the first product that i was like mm. and they just brought out Swimwear. Don't be awesome. Don't be awesome. Don't be but awesome. then I'm like, but I know you're awesome. And this is the other thing: is Kimmy, Kimmy. my girlfriend Kimmy K, she has the resources to have the yeah. best researchers. So you know the technology of Skims is going to be elite. It's really good. It's and now really that good. you've tried it, fuck, we know I'm going to try and it. And you'll love the colors because it's very like Yeezy, like mm. neutral palette of all the different browns. Yep. You'll, you'll fizz. I will froth. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of underwire and not underwire, oh, which is very cool. There's shapewear if you're into that. There's like mesh stuff. It's real. Oh, it's, wait, wait, wait. It's so, cool. Sorry, I'm confused. They have normal underwear and shapewear? Yeah, they've got all... It's oh. undergarments, essentially. Like okay. there's, And there's bodysuits. It's really cool shit. It's cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's cool. Sorry, but she's cool. It's cool. Damn you, Kim. <laughs> I know, damn you. Your turn. Hit me with enough spot. Ooh, girl. I don't know. That was off to yeah, me. Yeah, well, it was, uh, whatever. Yeah, but I ooh girl you, so take it. Thank you. <laughs> ooh, girl. Again, mine's not a product you can buy. It's a show I am fizzing over. It's called Hunted Park on Channel 10. 20 minutes, people. <laughs> Here comes Jam with a show. Look, I'm going to keep it quick. This kind of show might be your jam. It might not. <laughs> you do you. <laughs> you do you. You get comfortable with what your show watching choices are. <laughs> but if you love a reality competition show, for example, if you like shows like The Amazing Race, if you like Master Chefy, you know, that kind of shit. We're yeah. all into it, okay? It's called Hunted, and I think the premise is fucking cool. But essentially, it's nine Australian couples who get to be fugitives. They go off the grid. They go, well, yes, if they choose to. Oh. But essentially, they start with $500. They get given $200 cash, $300 on card, and whatever they can carry, and that's it. And their only job for 21 days is to not get hunted by detectives. Cool. It's really fucking cool. And it's an interesting look at how technology plays in tracking someone down. Oh. And it blows my... It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's yeah, a bit yeah, like, yeah. oh, fuck. Like, you are so traceable. We all knew that. But this is another level. But it also gives you confidence in the Australian Secret Service Agency and cool. how they do things. 
you can't help but put yourself in the competitor's shoes and go, what would I do? Where would I go? How would I communicate with my community without a phone, without internet, mm. without being trackable? It's so fucking good. It's really good. Sold. It's on channel 10, free to air. 10 play. There's currently three eps drop. By the time this podcast episode drops, there's probably four delicious episodes. Wait, 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 wait. wait. We're not live at 5 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> what? What is going on? What is going on, people? <laughs> but yeah, get amongst it. And look, don't be skeptical of the show. You can come into it and go, but there's a camera crew and that camera person would have a phone on them and therefore the FBI agents can do Look, if you're going to do that, the show is not for you, okay? <laughs> but if you will suspend your disbelief a little bit, it's fucking fun. Sounds great. And slide into my DMs and tell me who your favourite peeps are because my favourite peeps... I'll tell you next week. Ooh, cliffhanger. A little bit of cliffhanger. Have I recommended All I Know About Love? No. Have I done that yet? No. Just real quick. Yeah, throw it in there, Just babe. real quick. Yeah. I know it's a few weeks. Bonus not It spun. came out a few weeks ago. I think it's Stan. All I Know About Love is Dolly Alderton's like book turned into a show. Oh, my God. I watched it twice back to back. It was incredible life affirming about female friendships and love oh. and being young. And oh, my God, watch it. Beautiful. Sorry to I'm, add an extra not spawn. No, bonus, bonus, bonus. I love it. Let's get the fuck out of people's ears. <sighs> I know. You must be sick of listening to us. We love you, DLs. We love you. Thanks for hanging out with us. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Stop.